Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. And welcome to the show, everybody. We have a prolific author on the the show today. She's a screenwriter. She's written a bunch of books, and her name is Olivia Berry. And if you want to follow along, which I highly recommend that you do, go to Olivia which is O-L-I-V-I-A dash Barry with an A dot com. And you can uh, look at all the things that she's done, the screenwriting, the books and everything. And um, you can even buy one. There's a button to buy on Amazon right there. So so you, you can you can do all that. Olivia, how are you today? Thank you for coming on the show. I am great. Thank you for having me. It I'm is very excited. Well, I am too. It is so awesome. And, it's, and you know, we've got Christmas coming up and New Year after that. And then it'll be 2023. What you got happening in 2023? Um, 2023 hopefully will be a great year uh, to write many more books and to sell many more books. <laughs> <laughs> That's always that's always important. That's always important. Yeah. Um, now you're a screenwriter. You were a screenwriter first, right? Yes, yes, for many years I was a screen. I was a screenwriter, and I'm still a screenwriter. It's not that I'm not writing screenplays anymore, but I gradually switched to writing novels simply because. I'm just independent writing novels. You know, I can do it whenever I like. I'm not dependent on anybody else to tell me exactly what to do. Well, when you're a screenwriter, you're dependent on many, many people to say yes before anything happens. So I prefer the independent way. And the uh, director has got a great uh, uh, amount of input, I would imagine. And the original writer of the original material has uh, a lot of input to it and as does the executive producer all 10 of them or how many there are on a, on a, on a particular project um so yeah so it's 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 kind of like working in the corporate world you don't get the autonomy to do what you want you have to you know bend to a lot of different forces right uh, it, it is a totally different medium because as a screenwriter you 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 maybe even if you write on spec, which means it's your idea, it's not a book that is out there, it's just your idea. You write a screenplay and you bring it out into the world and then people start reading it and everybody has a different opinion. People will tell you, oh, we love it, but we don't really like the main character or we love it, but we don't like the setting. And then they give it to certain directors, they look at it and uh, they might say, oh, we like it, but we don't really love the secondary characters and so on, you know, and it goes on and on and on. Well, when you write a novel, you just write the novel and then you sell your novel. <laughs> that's that's all. Well, I, I, I'm curious to know, because I, I, I honestly don't know if this is true or not, but if you have a director and he has your your uh, um, material in front of him and he's got a particular actor that he wants to put into a particular role, do will he tell you, well, you know, this actor can do this really well, but he can't do that very well. Can you reconstruct the character to work with this particular actor does that ever happen yeah yes and no you know it it all depends obviously if 
if the character is very similar to the character I've written, I can like tweak certain things and change the dialogue in a certain way to make it more fluid for the actor. But obviously, if I have a, a main character who is, a, for example, a 30-year-old um, Asian woman, and now they want a 20-year-old Caucasian woman and so on, it might not work at all. You know, it might not fit anymore into the setting and the screenplay, and that might be difficult. You know, you always try to work with people. You know, you try to be a player. That's how they call people in Hollywood. You know, they're players. You, 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 you want to work with a team. But sometimes it's just too much, you know, because you change it for one person and then the next person come into play like a producer and they want a totally different thing again. And then you change it around again. Now the director doesn't like it anymore and suddenly you have a different director. <laughs> so right. it's all, all really difficult and time consuming and um, frustrating at times, honestly speaking. I can, I can imagine. Are there any titles that we would recognize? Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, you can see it on my website, all the screenplays I've written. Um, most of them were optioned or bought, but not ever made. I mean, there were a couple I made, a couple of short movies, but that's a long time ago and now. <laughs> so the, there, are, there are actually screenplays that go up for auction and they're bought and they never get made? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's because yeah. they can't find the money? They, and they, they're they they're shelved. Year? They're shelved. And there are many, many. I mean, we are talking hundreds, thousands. And so so they buy them, year. but then they're, they're shelved. And why, why, would, why would they do that? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I I I don't know because at, at the moment they think or believe that it's viable and that that it will be a great hit, and then things change so quickly that suddenly it's not anymore, and suddenly they don't feel it anymore. Or you know, you have also moments that you go into a meeting and they're all excited. They're really excited. They want your screenplay. And I think many, many writers, I hope some writers will hear this today. They can really relate to this, you know, and you're sitting there and you're so excited because it's going to happen for you. This is your moment, right? And then two weeks later, there's somebody else sitting in the same studio, you know, in that same place. And they say, oh, no, 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 it's not going to happen. Not for you. Not today. Oh, that that would genuinely suck. That really, yeah. Would. <laughs> that that would be no fun at all. So I can understand why you made the transition from being a uh, screenwriter to being a novelist. Yeah, it's also age related. Honestly speaking, you know, there's a lot of people want really, really young people in Hollywood, and and like this, I I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. I wanted to be free. The young. The fabulous. They, it's it's amazing to me that that they want even even and in, in screenwriting and behind the scenes, they want younger people. Right. Often, 
I mean, there's for sure somebody out there says uh, right now, oh, this is absolutely not true. But um, most of the time, yes. Yes. That's, 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 I'll understand. But that's, that's just me. But, you know, it, it actually happens in the real world, too, because, you know, I reached a certain age uh, when I was like 50. And I was looking for a job that I'd done before and done really well at it. And, and they said, no, you're too old. You want too much money. And you're, you know, you're not going to work as hard as a 30 year old that's on his way up and you're going to be, you know, kind of leveling off and, and getting ready for retirement. And so, you know, and all of those sorts of things that they, they put into their heads and stuff like that. So yeah. I can't think of a better thing for you than to be a novelist and, and to come on shows like mine so that you can talk about your books and, and your process and how it works for you. So all right. yeah. what is your process? How does it work for you? <laughs> um, shall I give you a run through of my day and uh, how I write? Yeah, well, I, let me give you an example. I was talking to an author just the other day and she said, because I asked her the same question and she said, well, I had three young boys. Mm -hmm. So I would be cooking spaghetti with one arm, one hand and <laughs> writing on the back of a, uh, of, of a receipt on the other hand to, to, because I had an idea that was going to go into the book mm -hmm. and then I would get, so everybody's got a different process. I would right. Imagine. So my, my process is more that I sit actually down and I, uh, I start writing in the morning and um, I, I work on a particular book. I have always like two, three things going at the same time, but I have always a main project that is the most important project. So I start working on my most important project first because if i then run out of steam then i'm sometimes switched to my second most important project so i start working in the morning my my kids are grown up so uh, there are no more little kids running around but i used to write with little kids running around and a lot of noise i like noise around me <laughs> so i love to work in coffee shops I love always, I'm in New York City, so, you know, yeah, a lot of coffee shops and uh, a lot of varieties. So I love to um, write in coffee shops because I kind of like, um, you know, I like the noise around me. I like movement around me. It doesn't have to be absolutely quiet. I also always listen to music while I'm writing. And uh, so then I start writing. Um, you know, I have like, I know writers always also like to know about how many pages or I write a day or the word count. And um, I have like an overall weekly word count because there's always one day when something happens and then if I don't do my words, then I get all like upset with myself. So, <laughs> so, so I put it as a weekly word count, which is about 6,000 words a week. I write about 1,000 words a day, sometimes 1,500, sometimes a little less, depending. I'm not very strict. You know, I don't have that many rules when it comes to writing see i really didn't realize that that was a thing that that <laughs> authors do like a word count to see how they're doing there's a there's a kid that a young lady that i interviewed uh, her name is shanti she's 14 years old she's got nine books out and she averaged wow. 
she averaged a thousand words an hour is what she she averaged and what she could write um because it just flowed for her and uh yeah um so and i i suspect that that's a lot that i mean for me would be impossible so yeah. for me personally i um the way I write, I mean, I have to develop, you know, I I start, before I actually write a book, I start to develop it. There's a developing process I'm going through. That's maybe because I come from screenwriting. So in screenwriting, everything has to be really organized uh, because you have only a certain page count you can have because every page is a minute so you can't have 200 pages because you would have a 200 minute movie so um, you have to be very organized so I'm very organized when it comes to my writing so I start out with an outline um, that doesn't mean that I stick to the outline always I, I do changes while I'm, I do make changes while I'm writing but I do have, have an outline and I work from an outline Outline. And when I write, I mean, a thousand words an hour, no, that's, that's, that wouldn't be possible. Not the type of writing I do, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people can do it. And I'm sure there are people out there, they write 5,000 words a day, but it wouldn't be my, yeah, my, that, my that would be, that would be a lot. <laughs> but uh, so you see i've talked to writers and some of them will say no i just uh sit down and it just kind of flows and i just start the book and it's, uh, chapter, one chapter bleeds into the other and others like yourself that will say no i have an outline and i have a characters somewhat developed mm -hmm. um and and what they're going to be doing and kind of their i i've even talked to people that have done a complete um, background of each character before they even start the book, which would be how old they are, what their education is, uh, what kind of uh, uh, relationships they have, what are their fears or phobias, all that kind of stuff. Do you go that far? Uh, no, I'm not going that far. I kind of know. I, I write one paragraph um, for each character uh, that appears in my book. Uh, or screenplay, you know, and I have one paragraph where I kind of know um, kind of a little bit what their education is and, and their age range and how they will connect then to another character. But I don't write extensive bios for my char characters. And I also, you know, my outline is very um, limited. I write like... Um, a small paragraph for each chapter. I don't. I don't have big, huge, long outlines. I know there are some writers who love to to work from very long, extensive outlines. I don't have this. My outlines are, honestly speaking, more a security blanket because I can fall back. You know, when. When I write, I write and I type and type and suddenly I come to a point where I'm like, oh, what, I'm, what is going to be next, you know? And it's like kind of those moments where you say, oh, I don't know, I need another hundred pages and I really don't know what is interesting. And then I fall back to and look at my outline and something always sticks out, this little tiny thing that tells me, ah, 
that would be interesting. Let's play around a little bit and see how it will work in the story. How can I integrate it? Does it work or it doesn't? Might not work, and then I throw it out again. You know, so it's always a process. I'm also a writer who loves to edit. So that's I, odd. That's that's unique. Yeah. Because most most authors have to send them away to get edited, and then they have to do a rewrite and another rewrite, and yeah, you can I, write yourself. I like I like to write my first draft, and then I go through it uh, very often, many many times. I I have a first draft, and then I write another. 15, 20 drafts, depending. I go through over and over and over, and every time there's something more you can do. But there are different types of editing also. There's the development editing, editing that start, it's early on. You know, after the first draft, the second, third, and fourth draft is about development of the story, uh, of the characters. The, and then I do a dialogue draft. There's, I look especially at dialogue, that it sounds, as you can hear, and English is actually my second language because I was born in Germany and lived in Europe for many years before I came to the United States. So it's not my first language. So what I do is I read it out loud to myself and then I see if the dialogue works or not. Actually, people told me that some people said in screenwriting, especially the most they liked about my scripts was the dialogue, which was odd to me, but oh well, I took it. I said, oh yeah, great, thank you. <laughs> you know, but uh, so I, I have drafts for development of characters and settings and everything. Then I have a dialogue draft. And then I start to get into the itsy bitsy things. Yeah, you know, like, are the sentences too long? Does it drag somewhere? Is it boring? You know, you have to be honest with yourself because not everything I write is so great. You know, you like there are passages, even I get bored. I'm like looking at it and I'm. I'm saying, oh, oh well, <laughs> it could be better. <laughs> uh, but there's a there's a certain point. You know? yeah. yeah, but I did want to talk to you also about the the book that came out this last September, mm-hmm. which is which is called um, um, the Hours in Between, yes. and it's it's about uh, a lady. I believe it's a lady, correct? Yes, correct. Who's got six months left to live? Yes. And uh, what what motivated you to come up with that? Was that from your personal experience or? Um, no, not really from my personal experience, but um, I I mean, partially, let's put it partially, but not. It, I was not involved in it. People I knew who died really young and who had a lot of regrets and um, I don't know, I, I because I'm actually a person who loves to write like romantic comedies and things like that. <laughs> so I was astonished myself uh, when I came up with this idea, but it fascinated me at the subject, you know, because we never know what is tomorrow. 
Um, so it's always about today. It's about, um, I love meditation and I love things like this. So it's about living in the moment. And we tend to live so much in the future or in the past. We don't live a lot actually in this very moment. You know, this is what we have right now but we, we we search for so much more in the future how what can i do where can i travel to and so on or what happened in the past my ex-husband my in-laws my whatever you know and 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 the moment get the moment this very moment gets lost and i wanted to write about that and I wanted to write a novel about that. And so I just came up with this idea about this woman and um, her journey about living because she decides. Because the thing is, the thing is, it's not a book about dying at all. It's a book about living. You know, I can't decide. So perhaps since you've thought about this a great deal, you can help me. Yes. I can't decide whether or not it's better to have to sit down in a doctor's office and have him say, okay, you are sick and uh, you're terminal and you've got six months to live or to wake up one day and, or to, to go to bed at night one night and then not wake up the next day. I can't, I, 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 I think there are value to both. Um, mm -hmm. One of, one of which would be if you've got six months left to live and you know that you're, well, we're all going to die, but you have a time frame. Uh, that's been affixed to it that you can then make changes in your life that uh, or to reconcile with people or to change what you know you have time to do your will that you everybody puts off doing their will until you know the very end and then and then but so it doesn't get done or whatever so in your frame of reference which would be better for you to have six months to know that you've got six months to live or to just you know, go to bed at night and not wake up the next morning? I mean, for me personally, I would rather go to bed and not wake up the next morning because I think it's a very difficult journey you go on if you know that you have to die in six months. I mean, my character went on a very difficult journey, but she went also on, on a beautiful journey. So having that said, I feel... It is easier for the people you love and leave behind to have the opportunity to, to say goodbye. It's yeah. very, very hard. Sorry, it's very hard for people, you know, who, what I learned when I did a little research and so on, for people not, not being able to say goodbye to somebody they loved, you know, and suddenly that person is gone. It's done, you know. It's very hard. Yeah. Well, and that that actually happened to me. Uh, my mother, who was ninety, um, and I've told this story before, but it bears repeating because it was my mom after all. Yeah. And uh, she went to dinner and played bridge on Wednesday night. Uh, she uh, went and hung out with some friends on Thursday night and had dinner again, and then Friday she went home and died. Wow. And she was found, you know, Saturday morning. We were, she was, like we said, she was 90. She was convinced that she was going to live to be 106. So we, we as children were like, well, you know, we've got lots of time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's she's well she's not she doesn't have cancer she doesn't have uh, or dementia or anything that would lead us to believe that her time was short yeah. and then she was here and then she wasn't mm-hmm. it was the weirdest dang thing uh, because you know fortunately we talked on a weekly basis and so we we kept up and stuff but i can understand if, if you if somebody passes away and you don't have a chance well as an example if somebody dies in an accident Mm-hmm. And, and you don't have an opportunity to to say you had to fight that morning and, and whatever it was. And you don't have an opportunity to to make up or to settle the, what's going on between you. That would that would be a very hard, complex, um, um, guilt ridden thing to go through, I would think. Yeah, I I think definitely. And not even. It doesn't even have to be that the people had a fight or, or that you had a fight with your husband or wife or mother or, or child or whatever. It can be simply the thing, suddenly the person you love, the person or a good friend is not there anymore. You know, you can't talk to them anymore. You can't say one little thing that you maybe wanted to say and never said. And and so I think for the people who stay behind, it's definitely harder if somebody suddenly dies. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that um, we are now gaining a lot of different communities in, within our within our country and around the world. And one of them is um, a community that's out west is a uh, widow and widowers club of sorts. And, mm-hmm. and it's for people who have lost a loved one, a husband or a wife, and then they can go get help from other people who have already been through it and understand it and stuff like that. We're getting more and more of that. So it's, it's kind of good to see, don't you think, that, that and books like what you've written here will kind of shed a little bit more of a, of a, of a light on, on, on death and, and stuff like that and make it a lot more acceptable, I, I think. What do you think? Yes, I, I think so. I mean, I, I'm always a firm believer that it's good to have groups of people who went through the same thing and uh, you can talk to people. It's the same thing if you have a certain form of cancer. It's good probably to talk to somebody who has the same or had the same for and seek advice and or just like and somebody who listens to you and how you feel you know so i i feel it's a wonderful thing and um i just feel the more of those groups we have the better it will be to connect to people also like really to find your your group, you know. I know. I I agree. So, how is the hours between doing for you since it came out in September? Is it is it is it selling? It is selling. It is selling. It is selling gradually, you know, because um, um, uh, I self published this book by choice, um, um, because I wanted to get it out as quickly as possible. And I also, as I said before, I wanted to be a really independent. And um, so it is selling. It is selling. Um, what It's not for me as much about the numbers it is, as it is about 
how many people come to me to tell me that they can relate to the book and that they had a lot of emotions reading the book. And that was my goal. And so I'm happy about it. I really enjoy talking to writers and musicians and and people who do what I do and stuff because they really do have an impact on other people. And like I keep telling um, authors that this book that you've written is going to be out there and somebody's going to pick it up. It might be next week. It might be five years from now. And it's going to mean something in, in very important to them. And you'll never know that. Uh, exactly. And and I hope it will touch people in some form and and that people think about things. You know, it, it's called the hours in between because it's the hours between life and death, basically. Okay. It's the hours in between we have. And we don't really know how many hours these are. You know, for some people, they're few hours for some people, an enormous amount of hours, you know, I mean, it's like, but we do, we, most of us don't know. And, um, and it's about how we live and what we can do to live life without having too many regrets. That's what the book is about. And that is the response I get from people, from readers. They say, oh, I always wanted to do this and that, and I always like postpone it because there's another thing, but now I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna just do it, or I'm afraid. It doesn't have to be the big thing, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to travel around the world and spend all your money or <laughs> do huge things. It can be like, oh, one, one lady said she always wanted to learn how to do rock climbing. And, <laughs> She always was afraid. Sure. And she says, now I read the book and I said, why not? I'm just doing it. I'm just taking a class. I'm just inviting a friend to come with me. You know, it can be a little thing, a little thing that changes your life and gives you courage to do more. My main character, Liz, has a lot of courage because she picks up her whole, nothing, her life changes completely from what she had before to what she has then, you know, because she learns that she's sick and she picks up and she travels to the West Coast, from East Coast to West Coast, just to change her life. And so many wonderful things happen to her because she opens herself up to the universe, to, to possibilities. If we don't do that, nothing happens to us you know we have to go out and open ourselves up to opportunities and possibilities even if we are scared sometimes and believe me i'm scared i can get very anxious about certain things you know but sometimes you have to push yourself just a slight little bit and say okay i'm gonna do it absolutely because you if you talk to people that are hospice workers and they, they take care of people that are in the last six months of life. They'll tell you virtually to a person that the biggest thing that people have is the regret of things they didn't do. It's not the amount of money that they had. It's the things that they didn't do that they wanted to do, the impact that they wanted to make but didn't make in the world and, and that sort of thing. And that and so that's that is is important. And the closer we get, I don't know about you, but I'm getting closer to the end than I was ever before. <laughs> and I want to make sure that uh, I'm I'm doing the things 
in my life that will have a positive impact on myself and other people. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 important, and it's important for all of us. It's part of I think it's part of our psyche. It's part of why we're here. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's so easy to postpone things, and then we might have regrets. You know, sometimes it's okay just to say yes right now in this instant, in this minute. It's nothing will be ever perfect. You know, there will not ever be the perfect time to have kids. There won't be the perfect time to get that pet you always wanted. There won't be the perfect time to travel to a certain place because you don't know what happens. I mean, I might travel, you know, I just came from New Orleans and I was there when there was the tornado. Would I have... I didn't know about a tornado. I had to look it up. What's the difference between the tornado and the hurricane? Because I was like, oh, God, a tornado, you know. It's like this this, this notion of the perfect time, of the perfect moment. It's, it's, it's just not happening, you know. Do it now. Do it now. That's what I say. Change your life if you want to if you have the perfect life then obviously not you know but the people who who don't have perfect lives which are more people than not i believe um they say oh god i i've been with this man forever and i can't stand him anymore and (laughs) i say okay then you have to leave you know and um and be free and and live your life you have to live it now well there's never going to be a good time for it because you know if you wait until the money's absolutely right and you wait until you're secure and all this you might be too old at that point to be able to go well as an example i could no more go rock climbing than fly to the moon (laughs) Uh, you know that's that's just not happening not that i really want to do that but if i did It still would be not be possible. Right, right. But 20 years ago, I could have. Yeah. Or, or sometimes, you know, we have things from our childhood that people say, oh, I'm, I'm a bad painter. I, I don't know how to paint because, because my mother always taught me that it's horrible what I'm doing and I don't want to do it because I'm afraid. I say, take that class. Just go. Nothing that can happen, you know? You know, you do it for yourself also. You don't necessarily have to do everything for everybody else. You can do things for yourself. And, um, and, and you see in my book, she's doing finally things for herself. That's, that's, she's going on a journey. But the interesting part is what happens to her because she's taking those initial steps. Because she's not planning much more than just traveling to be with her kids in, on the West, West Coast. So she, but what happens the steps in between, that is what what is the exciting part, you know? That is, for example, she's booking a flight to get there quickly, but then things happen and she's not on that flight. So it's like, it's the little moments, it's the little touches of things. That's why I also can't write more than a thousand words <laughs> a day because there's so many tiny little things, you know? And I hope, I just hope for readers, my wish is really that they 
um, can relate to Lissa's journey and get something great out for themselves, you know, that they read the book and they feel empowered. That's that's a that's a big deal. Is yeah. is to be is to feel good about it and to be empowered by it. Yes. And so, uh, what you what you got cooking in the works? <laughs> oh well, I can't talk about that. No, I can I, a little bit. I have actually, and that's also the lovely thing about um, being a writer and self-publishing, because you can actually write whatever you want, and nobody will tell you no and and i like that <laughs> so i am i'm actually working on a non-fiction book um, that that kind of relates a little bit to the hours uh, in between because it's uh, called 50 words in the morning and it's just about writing 50 words in the morning about something that just comes to your mind it could be anything it can be the croissant you're looking forward it can be the child you have to bring to school it can be just the outfit you have to choose just write something that you think about and be creative with it and uh, so it's a little neat little book and i only will bring it out on kindle simply uh so on a tab, basically, and not in paperback or hard copy, simply because it has a photography of mine in it and a lot of emojis and a lot of little quirky, little fun things. So uh, it would be far too expensive to, uh, to print it. I mean, uh, it would make no sense. And um, I also... Um, want to connect it to uh, several charities just to give back a little bit you know and and it's just a fun project that's my fun project and um then i'm working on another novel of course and um the only thing i can say there's once again a house in there that plays a big role like in the hours in between there's also a house that plays a big role in the book and in in my new novel there's another house that also but very different it's a very different book it's far lighter than the one i wrote um it's still the genre i would say is still in the like upmarket fiction book club fiction well, it's, it's cool that you're continuing to write stuff and you've got and you've got well you've got a ton of stuff and i'm looking at your website by the way <laughs> if you want to go to olivia-barry.com you can look at all of her I, I love the premise of um the uh, tv pilot for miss president uh, <laughs> which is a obviously it's a single woman who has to be over 35, but uh, uh, the first female unmarried president of the United States. Could you imagine what that would, oh, well, you did imagine that, what that would be like, because you wrote about it. Yeah. But, uh, did you have an episode about uh, her dating? Um, I Yes. Um, so I wrote the pilot about it, and um, I'm desperately trying to sell this one because I love 
I love the uh, Miss President uh, pilot thing. She is, uh, so the thing is, she is unmarried, but um, during, uh, so she, she is elected, obviously, to become President of the United States, which is already a big thing, right? And, uh, and then she finds out she is pregnant. And she's single. And she's single. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, a... <laughs> and then um, she she there's obviously a love interest in in the White House, which happens to be the dog walker. <laughs> so it's a funny it's it's a it's like a comedy type uh, romantic thing. But it's also about how would a woman president handle certain situations? different probably from men and how how would she deal with being a mother but also being the most powerful woman in the world and and uh how long does she uh, turn the power over to the vice president when she's in labor um exactly that's uh, that's the question the vice president is um not the nicest men. Let's put it this way. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, the, the the wonderful things that you can have happen would be one of them would be not only is she pregnant, but she has a baby, and it's a mixed race baby, and they don't know who the father is, and then it's, I mean that that would cause a lot of a lot of really interesting uh, conflict within the country. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I would be open to it. I mean, I was asked by it, it's been. With, with several producers and um, it wouldn't be it's a, it's a show that costs a little bit of money so it's harder to make you know than other shows but uh, but uh, I was often asked can the president be African American or Hispanic uh, and I said of course why not Make, yeah. it, make it happen. Make it happen. It's America. We can do anything here. Yeah, yeah, and we have to be. You know, uh, I'm open, open to rewrite it. Um, important is that somebody's out there who says, "Hello, that's a show I want to see." But you know, so far it's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. Well, somebody has to have a little bit of vision. Yeah, and they have to be willing to put a little bit of money behind their vision. And to be to get the pilot made so that they can shop it around and yeah and that kind of thing. But I think that would be yeah. What well, gosh, there 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 are um, there's so many channels now, and there's there's some really interesting, not really interesting shows, but some shows that I wouldn't wouldn't have thought 15, 20, 30 years ago they never would have been made. Right. And, and now they're they're all, all of them are being made, and they're on. Uh, different channels. And that yeah. kind of, so I hope I hope that this I hope that this gets picked up. Oh, I I would love it. I would love it. It's a very diverse show. Also, it has so many roles, so many characters. Obviously, it's the White House, you know, and it's a very very diverse show. So there are so many roles for all all people. Yeah, it you would know? be that would that would be great. And you've got like the million million dollar date. Um, you've got, uh, changing Billy, who was a teenager who was quite heavy and his father died. And then he decided he wanted to run the New York marathon. And, yeah. uh, that's uh, absolutely cool. 
uh, he wanted to run and he hooks up with a kid who, who is in the wheelchair. The kid in the wheelchair becomes his best friend and trains him actually to run. So, so oh, that, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it because, you know, it, it gives also people with handicap, the people who are, have handicaps, a little bit motivation and uh, here are possibilities. You know, we are a unified, we should be a unified world where everybody has a place. You know, we want oh, yeah. ev everybody to have a place in this world and not uh, more now than ever. You know, it would be great to create that uh, that's more like an overall theme i like it would it would be really think about yeah it would be really great to create i don't know a tv show or maybe maybe even a radio show you could call it i don't know positive talk or positive talk radio or something like that but, yeah <laughs> you know, something something to to be positive that we're trying to to help humanity get out of the where we are now which is a lot of um hate division and fear and and you know, it's, it's like we were just saying, if, if the president was a woman and she had a baby out of wedlock, this country would, a third of the country would go nuts. Uh, with... <laughs> Probably, yes, but um, but why not? What, what does it mean? You know, she can be still a fantastic president. You know, of course, she yes, would need course. some help. You know, she will not stay at home, bake cookies uh, all week long. But but that's not the point. The point is, why not? Why not? You know, exactly. why, why not? I mean, one nice word has so much more impact than 10 negative words. One positive word. If you go to one person and you say one nice little thing, it has such an enormous impact that we sometimes don't know. If I, you know, sometimes I like to do little things. Like, for example, I'm in a coffee shop and I saw these two workers who were like, I mean, they were trenched. It was raining outside. They were like, I don't know what they were repairing or doing, but they were waiting behind me. So I just said to the woman in front of me, I pay for them, whatever they have. I mean, they were, they were thanking me half an hour later still. I said, stop already thanking me. It's okay. It was just like a coffee and a pastry. It was not like a life-saving act I did. But but you know, it made a big impact because I'm sure they went home and they said to Whoever is at home, oh, listen, today I went to the coffee shop and this lady bought me like the croissant and a cup of tea or whatever ever they had, you know. And so if everybody would just do a little gesture or help somebody to pick up something or, or, or move their card uh, for them or like uh, just do whatever little tiny, tiny thing it would change the world, you know, instead of all the hatred and what the negativity and people like not accepting other people for who they are. And it's just like, no, let's think positive. That's why we have positive talk radio. 
That's absolutely correct. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe that we are in the middle of a, of a really large change in our society and how we're looking at things. I interviewed a gal a week or so ago. And one of the things that she would, she had it in her heart to do something. She kept on seeing and hearing hope. The word hope was, was like everywhere for her. And mm -hmm. she said, all right, somebody's giving me this message. Somebody's telling me hey, this is something I need to do something with this. So she was looking at, uh, I think it was Amazon. And uh, she was looking at, um, you know, different things. And she found these rocks. And they're polished black rocks, and they have a gold lettering on them that says hope. And they're just a little little rock, and so she bought a bunch of them. And then, so now she goes around her community. It's a small community. But if she sees somebody who is having a bad day, that is down in the dumps, she'll just walk up to them, doesn't say a thing. She just says, you look like you could use this. Oh, I love that. I love it. That's so nice. That's really, yes. puts, that's. Puts, puts it in their hand. And so when they walk away, they get to keep it. So every time that they're thinking that I have no hope. No, you do. It's in your pocket. Right. Yeah. You know? That's so, lovely. That's what I'm talking about. You know, yes. it's, it's a gesture. It's a, it's not a huge thing, but she makes an enormous impact on the life of some people, you know, and, 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 and that's wonderful, you know. Um, um, we all have different ways of doing this. It's oh, just yeah. the amount of people who should do it. That's we're we're getting we're getting more, there. More and more people. I think. More and more people, yeah. I think positive. Yeah. I believe I believe there are a lot of wonderful, wonderful people out there loving and kind and that's why we have you on this show Don, <laughs> because, because you are also loving and kind and you're, and you're building a, a little a little book empire and you're helping people and and um if somebody wanted to contact you could you talk to them a little bit about writing if they were interested in learning how yeah they can contact me always at connect at olivia dash barry.com it's on my website uh, on my website they can, can contact me through my newsletter or i have also a contact page where they can just write me and i'm always happy um, to to write back or even talk to them sometimes you know i mean it depends how many people write me at once so i can't promise that it will be immediately but i try really to get back to everybody who writes me okay everybody it's uh, you now have an assignment it's <laughs> it's time for you to bury olivia and <laughs> in, in, in request <laughs> to uh to contact her yeah i'm i i'm happy happy to talk to people and um you know if they need need some reassurement about that life is good <laughs> exactly now before we go i want to give you the opportunity yes. uh, for the audiences listening now and those that will be listening far into the future because once this is up it's up it stays forever um to to uh tell them something that's on your heart that you'd like them to know i would like everybody to know that there's always, always 
the possibility to change your life. There's you just have to take the first step and take little steps, baby steps. Don't think about the big picture all the time. Sometimes you have to, but most of the time, it's about the little tiny baby steps we take. And I think if you need some change in your life, you can change your life, whoever you are, wherever you are, no matter how much money you have, you can take that little tiny step and do it today. Don't do it in 10 minutes. Do it today, whatever it is. Just reach out to somebody, make a little tiny phone call, write a letter, go out for a walk. You can do it. And by the way, for those of you that don't know, a letter is a piece of paper that you, that you write things on and then you fold it up and you put it in an envelope, you put a stamp on it and you send it to somebody. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a whole generation that has no idea how that works. But it's not <laughs> I, an email or a text. I know. Email, you can send a text and email, but you can also send a letter because a letter still does make an impact. You know? A letter is, it takes the time to write it. It takes the time to get the address for it and to do all those things. And they can keep it uh, permanently in their valuable treasures forever. Right, right. So a letter is special. But of course, write an email, write a text, make a phone call, you know, reach out to people or just do something for yourself. Take that bubble bath you we're talking about for five months now and you haven't done yet because you, you you can't find the time. Just do it now, rush, rush, go to the bathroom, run the water, put some soap in there and and just read a book, read a book. I mean, read the exactly. hours in between and change your life. <laughs> and and get, the, get, the, get the book that uh, came out in September and the name of that book I'm going to right now is The Hours in Between by Olivia Berry. She's been our guest today, and I want to thank you for being here. Will you come back and talk to me some more? Of course, anytime, anytime. It was a pleasure, really. I appreciate you, it very much. You're a wonderful human being, and uh, and uh, keep keep doing what you're doing because you're having a you're having a positive impact. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you was a pleasure happy so, holidays happy holidays to you <laughs> it's this week um you know it's, it's christmas is on saturday and sunday who knew yeah <laughs> i mean like ever uh, so so it's it's great fun so olivia thank you so much for being here stay right where you are i'll be right back hey thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end please give us a like and subscribe to this channel this has been a production of positivetalkradio.net please visit our website oddly named positivetalkradio.net for more details about us and our mission which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all i'm kevin mcdonald and i'm proud of these shows and i truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family so on behalf of our entire team remember be kind to one another because each other's all we got.